bonus edition of Fantasy Football Today at DFS on Monday, January 17th, Martin Luther King Jr. Day. I am Frank Stanfield, joined by Mike McClure and a returning Sia Najad, and we're previewing the Cardinals-Rams game for the showdown slate on Monday night. Sia, we miss you on Thursday. How has Wild Card Weekend been for you thus far? Yeah, not bad. I think I I lament the whole Daryl Williams situation with at least half of the the DraftKings and FanDuel universe because uh, I noticed his ownership in in a lot of my contests yesterday was around hovering around fifty percent. Uh, we were talking before the show. I think I might have had maybe my, my biggest hit of the year if if I had just stuck with my guns with McKinnon and Byron Pringle, but uh, didn't work out that way. So. I am ready to attack this Monday slate. I think this is a really interesting slate. It's it's very – the pricing makes it really hard. So you really have to take some stances with respect to what type of game script you want to follow. So I'm really interested in discussing that with you too. Fade Cooper Cup at your own risk. He is expensive here on the slate. We'll talk all about it. Mike, how are you doing? Congrats on the Chiefs. Yeah, that was uh, that was quite the game. It was a, a little bit of an emotional roller coaster. You know, you don't score in the first quarter, have that fall down early. But uh, I believe uh, Sia texted, "Hey, we going minus three and a half at that point." And in hindsight, that one was pretty funny. I told him just to lean that way. I was that's how I was feeling at the uh, at that point in the game. But uh, well, yeah. So it's funny you bring that up because that line went from three and a half to like five and a half after the first play coming back from commercial, which of course was still a great line. You know, I, what I didn't disclose to you all is that I had already taken it at eleven and a half, like a few minutes after kickoff. It went down from twelve and a half to eleven and a half just after a couple plays. I encourage everybody who actually bets, which is a lot of people that listen to this show, two things: one, follow sports line, listen to the early edge which I'm on sometimes, but Mike is on all the time, and he's on with a host of people that are really, truly amazing. But the point I'm trying to make here is if you are in the betting market, live betting, especially football, is really, really profitable. So I encourage you to uh, just kind of dip your toe into that because uh, pre-flop betting NFL is, is super tough. Yeah, 1,000% see a, a betting open here in New York City last weekend, and I've been all over it. I've been listening to the Early Edge, watching the live streams as well, so it's been a lot of fun to do that. I believe they gave out Tyreek Hill under yards and Byron Pringle over. I tailed both of those picks and and had a very nice uh, Sunday night as well. The line movement for that Chiefs-Steelers game was really weird leading up to it. It like, dropped down to 11 in some spots, so I hopped on there. Uh, overall, a very good game uh, in terms of betting. DFS, eh, not so much. Could have been better. Mike, before we actually get into this game, and we break it all down. How are you handling this showdown slate in particular? How many lineups are you looking to make on Monday night? Uh, I'm starting with five, but we're going to see. So the other day, there was a ton of overlay in the contest. Like there was a lot of lineups that didn't fill. So I'm going to watch and maybe be ready to up that to 20. But as of right now, it'll be my standard five lineups uh, for this showdown slate. All right, let's move into our first ever Monday Night Football wildcard playoff game in NFL history featuring the Cardinals at the Rams. The Rams are three and a half point favorites with a 49 and a half point total. And obviously it's the third meeting between the division rivals this year. The Cardinals won back in week four, 37 to 20. Then the Rams won in week 14, 23 to 20 each team has uh, won each road team has won the game so far between the two meetings this season for the Cardinals James Conner Rondell Moore cornerback Marco Wilson defensive tackle Jordan Phillips and offensive lineman Justin Pugh are questionable in this game Chase Edmonds will play for the Rams safety Taylor Taylor Rapp is out wide receiver Van Jefferson is questionable but did get in a full practice Saturday let's start with the Cardinals running backs and see it feels like 
James Conner is a true game time decision. We were talking beforehand, Jay Glazer and all his inside scoops says that he believes James Conner is going to play in this game. Uh, how are you handling the situation first? What do you do if James Conner is in? What do you do if James Conner is out? Yeah, this is a tough situation because I, I think anybody who listens to Jay Glazer's report is just a huge eyebrow raise. And they just think about, you know, 12 hours ago when we kind of heard similar things about Daryl Williams right now. And I, I love to get your perspective and Mike's perspective on this right now when I'm building lineups and I've only built two so far, just kind of messing around a little bit. I've kind of avoided the backfield a little bit. My, my guess is that Jay Glazer is right in the sense that James Conner suits up, but I'm not really sure what his impact is going to be in terms of how much he's going to be on the field. I, I believe he has that heel injury, which which is hindering him. We know Edmonds is a little banged up, I, you know, and then I, I don't know, maybe, you know, Benjamin, l l I do want to bring up, you know, Benjamin, if for some reason James Conner is inactive, he might be a cheap option for you. But Right now, I've sort of found myself focusing on the Rams running backs. And on the on the Arizona side, I am I'm more focused on like we'll talk about it, you know, Kyler Murray and a couple of his pass his receiving options. So for now, uh, I just need more information. But if I had to lean between the two right now it would be Chase Edmonds for sure. Mike, my early lean, and I feel like we've done this multiple times this year where even if James Conner or any running back plays and they're banged up, limited in any fashion, we're still playing that backup running back, quote-unquote backup running back with Chase Edmonds. He's only 5K here on the showdown slate over on DraftKings. The last time they played together was week 15. James Conner played 44% of the snaps. Edmonds played 39%. But given how banged up Conner really is, I could see maybe a role reversal there. So at the price point, I actually kind of like Chase Edmonds at 5K. Yeah, I love Chase Edmonds. Uh, I mainly look, they can both catch passes, but Chase Edmonds is going to still be the preferred uh, pass catching back in these situations. So I, I do like him. Um, as far as the Connor situation, though, I think that Connor is actually a really good play as long as he's active, because I do think we're going to see some pretty suppressed ownership on him because of this, uh, especially with what we all witnessed last night with Daryl Williams being active and not playing. That's going to be fresh in the minds of pretty much everyone here. Uh, and he is dealing with multiple injuries. It's the heel and the ribs. I believe the ribs, uh, which he took in the last game, was the more serious of the two. Um, I'm going to play him if he's active. Not in every lineup, but I'm definitely going to play him if he's active. I also might play both him and Edmonds together um, and just play on the game script where they're trailing, dump is off and take advantage of that. But I, I do love Chase Edmonds. He's going to be in, let's see, the majority. Yeah, about 70% of my lineups when I just run a basic crunch. He's in 70%. All right, James Conner, the price point there, 9400 So given everything that's going on with him, with the injuries and the price point, I think you're right, Mike. I think we're going to get him at uh, much lower ownership than we're used to seeing him. Kyler Murray is $11,200 on the slate, the second highest priced player. And how are we looking to stack the Cardinals sticking here uh, with their offense? Uh, Mike, I'll come back, come right back to you. AJ Green had two big games against the Rams this season, but both of those came with DeAndre Hopkins active. So he was able to draw attention from obviously Jalen Ramsey, the top defensive cornerback on the other side there. We have Christian Kirk at 7K. We have Zach Ertz at 6,200. AJ Green is down at 5,800. Of course, Zach Ertz, a ton of targets recently. 26% uh, target share last four games without DeAndre Hopkins. Mike, how are you looking to stack up the Cardinals here? 
Yeah, for me, it's going to be I'm stacking with the running back, Chase Edmonds. I'm going to stack him with uh, Christian Kirk, Zach Ertz. But the one I think we have to talk about most, too, is Anton Wesley, just because we need some value on this slate. Uh, at only 1,800, he fills out lineups pretty nicely. Uh, but it looks like my highest exposure on the pass catcher is going to be Zach Ertz still. Uh, I just He has some chemistry with. Kyler Murray already. Murray definitely trusts him. Um, if the running backs are banged up, one of them, I, I do think that that kind of helps too, just the nature of where they throw the football. So Zach Ertz is the first one in, and then Wesley, and then Christian Kirk for me. Uh, I'm not really getting any A.J. Green early in these crunches. Yeah, no, I agree with that. Even with the big games that he's had, again, they came with DeAndre Hopkins, so I think I'm probably looking to fade A.J. Green in this spot. See, how are you feeling about Stacking the Cardinals here. Obviously, Mike mentioned Antoine Wesley has a 13% target share the last four weeks. All of those games came without DeAndre Hopkins, and Wesley's really cheap. So if you're looking to play uh, Cooper Cup and Kyler Murray in the same lineup, you're obviously going to need to save some money somewhere. Yeah, and Wesley gets some high-end red zone targets too. So, I mean, he can pay off his price literally with one catch and then some. So I think Wesley's a really smart play. Uh, you know, Ertz is, I think Ertz is the play that everybody's going to play, and, and that includes me as well. I mean, you, you mentioned his target share without D-Hop at 26%. I mean, just to put some numbers to it, in case you didn't already, um, 43 targets over the last four games for Zach Ertz. I mean, that's just really, truly incredible. And it makes sense, right, because Kyler Murray's kind of been bottled up. I, I think the game plan with respect to the defensive line is contain him, make sure he doesn't get outside the pocket. So he's having to be a pocket passer, and it's he hasn't really been super successful over the last four or five, six weeks. What that is requiring him to do is just take a lot of that underneath stuff, some of the easy stuff to some of these big targets like Zach Ertz. So Zach Ertz is definitely going to be a fixture. I definitely think he has captain eligibility for sure. Um, if you just kind of need, you know, a money saver. I'll tell you this, though. I'm playing Zach Ertz and Kyler Murray, not in the captain position in a couple of the, the lineups I've made so far. I've actually put and I know we'll get to this, but Sony Michelle in the captain spot, sort of hoping that that becomes sort of, it becomes more of a running game on the Ram side. And then game script wise, I'm putting Kyler and Ertz in the flex spot. And, and the, the narrative there is they're trying to play comeback ball a, a little bit for uh, the majority of the game. So that's just kind of some insight as to how I'm looking at uh, what right now is my favorite line. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. See, let's talk more about the Ram side, and you brought up the running game. Sony Michelle is $7,800 in this game. He's $1,600 cheaper than... Uh, James Conner, I believe it's 1600 Yeah, 1600 cheaper than James Conner. Cam Akers, it's a great story. Happy for the guy. 
Not happy about his price. 6,600, and in week 18, we saw both of those guys play together. Sony Michelle still handled 80% of the snaps and now has 20-plus touches in six straight. Cam Akers only had eight touches in that game. Obviously, you like Sony Michelle quite a bit, and I would assume we're looking to fade Cam Akers at that price tag. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, I, I suppose if you want to get different, I mean, you could play Cam Akers maybe with Sony Michelle and just hope that it's just purely a running game and it's all the, the running backs get all the touches. That would be a nice way to to get like extra leverage on Cooper Cup if you wanted to fade him like, hey, it's just the running backs. But no, I'm not going to be playing Cam Akers regardless. If he was, even if he was like 4,600 instead of 6,600, I don't think I'd play him. I, I honestly thought he would be more like 3,200 or something in that 2,800 range. Eight touches last week, including three red zone touches. So it's not it's not a complete swing and miss if you want to play Cam Akers. But Sony has been the workhorse ever since Daryl Henderson went down. And I don't see that flip-flopping all of a sudden. I think Sony is probably looking at 20-plus touches again or at least 18 to 22 touches uh arizona's decent against the run if you look at dvoa but honestly they allow a pretty good amount of yards per attempt so sony michelle his yards per attempt yards per carry it hasn't been great over the last couple weeks with that said i think this zone of defense will allow a little bit more running room so sony michelle is definitely somebody i'm i'm very interested in and especially considering Listen, I, I'm going to have lineups that like, focus on Matt Stafford in the passing game. But frankly, I'm a little bit more confident in the ones that focus on Sony Michelle because of how poor Matt Stafford has been over the last few weeks. Yeah, you brought up those yards per attempt. See, the Cardinals allowing 4.6 yards per carry to running backs this season. That was fourth most in the NFL. Mike, let's move over to the big guy. Cooper Cup. I don't think anyone calls him that. I don't know why I just did, but uh, probably because he's amazing and because his price is super high. He's 13K on this slate, the highest price player, and rightfully so. You want to throw him in your captain spot? That's going to cost you $19,500 here in this spot. And he finished the year overall 145 receptions, 19. 47 yards, 16 receiving touchdowns. And back when he played the Cardinals in week 14, he went 13, 123, and 1 on 15 targets. Mike, what do you think about Cooper Cup? Uh, do you actually, are we still jamming him at this price? It just it becomes a little bit restrictive when you want to get him in there. Yeah, we're definitely jamming him. Uh, I didn't even have to manually force it. Uh, when you're optimizing, at least what optimizing my projections, yeah, he's definitely in there. Um, Sometimes at the captain, but certainly going to be in there at the flex. Uh, I love him. I don't know how you can't just because of the floor that he offers on this slate. Once again, remember that this is a one game slate. So even the scenario where Cooper Cup has seven catches, 75 yards and maybe a touchdown, maybe not, depending on how the game goes, that still might be enough, uh, depending on where the points come from. So just remember that you don't absolutely have to have a ceiling game. Obviously, you want the ceiling game if you have them in the captain spot, but you don't have to have a ceiling game from Cooper Cup to get there in this spot. But yeah, to answer your question, we're definitely playing Cooper Cup today. Yeah, and it's and, well it's well within his range of outcomes to go like 10 for 150 and two. So if we're talking about ceiling, it's just he's the perfect combination of floor versus ceiling. Go ahead, see you. No, I was going to say, just to give some perspective, if you look at the, the, the betting market, the prop for... Cooper Cup is, in terms of receiving yards, is 106 and a half receiving yards. And for those of you that don't look at things like that a lot, that is an obnoxiously high number. I mean, it is it is actually like absurd. The best receivers in the league, which of course Cooper Cup is included in that, they really never approach something like that. It's usually, Mike, you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's usually high 90s in terms of like the, the high point. Am I right? 
high 90s at the high point and like normal game we're talking 90 92 93 yeah we're yeah and 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 a 14 15 yard delta there i mean that's like blowing it completely out of the water so just to give some perspective on what that means like in terms of the rest of the players okay the next highest uh, receiving yards prop, believe it or not, is tight end Zach Ertz at 53 and a half. And right under him at 52 and a half is Chris Kirk. So the next best guy from a receiving yard standpoint is literally half the yardage that Cooper Cup is, just to give you some perspective. Now, I, I do want to say, like, I'll, like, if I build four or five lineups, let's say, one of them probably isn't going to have Cooper Cup. I'm just going to hope to get lucky that he somehow gets minimized. But that's just yeah. me kind of being just trying to get super weird or whatever. Obviously what that actually means on the flip side is that 80% of my lineups will actually have Cooper cup in it. So don't, you know, take that for what it's worth. But I think if you're building four or five, I think an interesting game script and narrative would be on, in one of those lineups, just one is to maybe fade Cooper cup. Think he gets minimized and think that the running game and maybe a couple of the other receivers like your Tyler Higbee's or your Odell Beckham's uh, maybe get the touchdown equity. They would get the touchdowns. All right. See, uh, I, I told you. Fade Just Cooper one. Cup at your own Just risk. One. So <laughs> one lineup. All right, one lineup. One lineup. One we can lineup. get weird there. Mike, I'm coming back to you here. If you're playing Cooper Cup, do you need to play Matthew Stafford? And just in talking about the rest of the Rams, is there anyone else you like in the passing game? Odell Beckham, 6,800. And Tyler Higby down at 5,400. Higby's actually been coming on recently and, and having some big games. Yeah, Higby is interesting. Uh, I think where you're playing Higby is just straight up pivoting off of Zach Ertz uh, and hoping that Kyler does it with rushing the running backs or the wide receivers. That's the scenario where I would play Higby personally. As far as do you need to play Matthew Stafford with Cooper Cup? Absolutely not. Um, just because there are uh, there's limited roster spots here. Um, Kyler Murray is still very likely to outscore uh, Matthew Stafford, even if the Rams win by 20, I bet you Kyler Murray outscores Matthew Stafford. Uh, you go look back at the the Buccaneers game yesterday, right? Jalen Hurts was the better fantasy quarterback than Tom Brady yesterday. Jalen Hurts was awful yesterday, but the rushing floor is just so high. Like if you had played Tom Brady versus Jalen Hurts yesterday, Jalen Hurts would have won you more games in the captain spot than Tom Brady. So uh, yeah, it's very, very, very likely that... Kyler Murray outscores Matthew Stafford. So you do not need to stack the quarterback there. Um, so I'm actually, I don't know that I'm going to have any Matthew Stafford uh, today. I'm going to have a lot of Cooper Cup. I'm going to have a lot of Sony Michelle in there. The two pieces that we can bet on pretty comfortably to have volume. And I'm going to load up on the Cardinals who I think their side is very clear, right? It's, we know where the volume is going if they're winning, and we kind of know where the volume is going if they're trailing. On the the Rams side, if they're winning, we we it's because Cooper Cup likely did his thing, and then if so, they're feeding Sony Michelle when they're winning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, and Frank, just to build on that because we are talking props a little bit, the Kyler Murray rushing prop is thirty eight and a half yards. So if if you're just going by like let, let's assume that you know hits right on it. You have four points built in with Kyler Murray, but you also have some touchdown equity built into that as well. So that sort of gives you, with that Jalen Hurts example, that sort of gives you an idea of, of where the starting point is with Kyler Murray versus Matthew Stafford. All right. And you start a whole touchdown ahead, essentially. Yeah, no, it's a good point. And for Kyler Murray, 38 and a half, you mentioned the rushing yardage prop. He's gone over that number in four of six games since returning from injury. So he has been running around a little bit more uh, in these games. See, you talked a little bit about the captain spot and you mentioned 
playing Sony Michelle potentially as your captain. Obviously, I think Cooper Cup is going to be in consideration. If you throw him in your captain spot, he goes all the way up to 19,500. And let's just mess around. Throw him in there and then Antoine Wesley in the same lineup. You have 7,175 for your remaining players, which is not so bad. You know, if you get the tight ends there, you could actually make things work. Uh, but see, who are you looking at for the captain spots? Maybe outside of Sony Michelle or Cooper Cup? Yeah, it's a good question. I think the next best guy for me is going to be Zach Ertz. And, and it goes back to, listen, we talked about it, 43 targets over the last four games. We saw his receiving prop. You know, it's it's literally the second highest on the slate. That includes all the receivers as well. And we know, you know, the, those completions, especially on DraftKings, that's just, you're just going to pile up the points there. So it's Cup, it's Sony Michelle, it's Zach Ertz. I think if I wanted to take a flyer on somebody else, it would probably be Christian Kirk, but I don't know that there's anybody else in play outside of Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray, you know, it's going to be really expensive, but we we haven't really thought of Kyler Murray in terms of a blow up game over the since really since he came back from injury. He's been good, but he hasn't been great. But I mean, he's still Kyler Murray, and he's still capable of that breakout game. So I think he's at least in consideration. All right, see, I just made a lineup. I threw Zach Ertz in the captain spot, then I get Cooper Cup. Antoine Wesley, Kyla Murray, Sony Michelle, and Odell Beckham. It's kind of interesting. Kind of interesting there. Uh, Mike, how about for you? What are you looking at for the captain spot tonight? And any interest in defenses or kickers here in the spot? I know that's something you often look at. Yeah, you read my mind there. Uh, so as far as captains, it, I like Kyler Murray a lot. I like Zach Ertz a lot. I'm going to play Chase Edmonds in the captain as well. Um, I think that those give you a lot of the most interesting builds. Maybe the Cooper Cup. Uh, again, I won't play. I don't think I'm... I'm I think I'm 100% out on Matthew Stafford personally. So, um, yeah, right now my initial build has Kyler Murray, like the cash game build has Kyler Murray at the uh, the captain spot. I'll run through it quickly. Leave off the last spot because you don't know who that's going to be anyway. But uh, Kyler Murray, Cooper Cup, Zach Ertz, Chase Edmonds, Sony Michelle. You're essentially getting both of the running backs, the top quarterback receiving option. I should get all the – not all, but I should get a healthy amount of the exposure to a bigger Matthew Stafford game through Sony Michelle, Cooper Cup. So I like that lineup a lot. Last spot. Actually, I'll go ahead and tell you, because I don't think he's going to end up being relevant anymore. It's Greg Dortch. Greg Dortch is a guy that is very athletic. He's like very kind of similar to Rondell Moore. He returns some kicks. He got in there, had a few looks. Um, if Rondell Moore doesn't play or isn't truly healthy enough, he could be on the field a little bit. No one's going to play him. He's 1K. Uh, so I like Greg Dortch a little bit tonight. But as far as the kickers, yes, I love the kickers in this game. You have to love the kickers anytime you're playing in a controlled environment where there's no wind to speak of that's going to impact it. Both of these kickers have been okay, right? Matt Prater, though, he has seven-plus field goals of 50 yards or more. He has seven made field goals of 50-plus yards on the season. It's an absolute weapon not only for them putting up points and staying in football games, but huge, huge DFS value. So you look at some of his box scores, Mr. Prater's put up 15 points quite a few times. 15 points on a showdown slate is awesome for a salary of $4,000. So in their last game against Seattle, put up 13 against Dallas, 15. But go look at the games against the Rams, those close division games like we're playing here. 16 fantasy points in the last meeting and 15 in the first meeting. They kick these field goals in these games. That's the way Cliff coaches. In, in these close division games, he, for better or worse, takes the points more often than he should. 
And when you've got a banged up running back and limited options, sometimes it wouldn't shock me if they take the points here. So at, I'm not going to play him at 6K at the captain spot, but at 4K, um, I, I think you could do worse. All right. <clears throat> Looking at some salary relief there, Matt Gay and Matt Prater, 4,200 and a 4K respectively over on DraftKings. They're both averaging over nine fantasy points per game as well. So you talked about some of those spike weeks, but uh, yeah, just in general, looking at the the fantasy point production, both guys have been pretty good this season. We're going to wrap there. For Sia and Mike, I am Frank. Thank you all for listening and watching this bonus edition of Fantasy Football Today at DFS. We'll be back again on Thursday to preview all of the games in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. We will see you then.